Well, it's been quite a week, and so it's really meaningful to be with you all this morning. Uh, many of you experienced a week without power, water, heat, and it's difficult that we weren't able to collectively be together uh, to support each other through this. At the same time, it's been so encouraging seeing uh, our community being good neighbors in the midst of this disastrous experience, whether it's hosting those with no power, um, getting water and food to those without, donating to nonprofits and neighbors who are in need. And I hope we can continue to look for ways to support the most vulnerable uh, who have been impacted. So if you have any needs or you know someone who does, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know either through the Facebook community forum uh, or emailing us at info at voxvenier.com. Uh, yesterday afternoon, we got a call from Inside Books that there was water everywhere at Vesper. Uh, here's some video from Brittany and uh, Harmon uh, as we arrived there. And one of the pipes in the ceiling had burst and there was at least an inch of water throughout the library side of the building. And a lot of the water spread to more than uh, half of the sanctuary. And so we put out a call for shop backs and fans. And we're so grateful for all of you who dropped by with equipment uh, or to even lend a hand. And so we're really grateful for those who texted and messaged us just to check in and, and offer help and support. And even though it was not an ideal moment to be back in the building, uh, we realized that it was the first time in almost a year that we had seen some of you in person, uh, which was an unexpected surprise and also a gift. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I stopped by Vesper this morning and the floor seemed to be drying up very nicely. Well, this morning, uh, we're grateful that Jen Cumberbatch uh, will be opening the scriptures with us. And her family is dear to our Vox community, and we appreciate her voice with us. Uh, and before we invite her to speak, she wanted to share this song with us. Uh, so we'll play this before she opens up the scriptures. He's 
Amen and amen. I, um, I'm just going to bow my head in a word of prayer, asking the Lord to uh, ignite the sacrifice that uh, I'm laying on the altar uh, for this homily today. God, I just bless you. I thank you for the community at Vox. I thank you for your power resident in them, through them, blessing the world as priests and kings unto you. Lord, I yield this vessel. I yield its limitations, its weaknesses, and I lean into your strength and your perfection. In Jesus' name I pray. See, I'm sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and in the former years. This is found in the book of Malachi, which is a prophecy that actually ends the term of the the Hebrew Bible and the Old Covenant and is the last prophetic word before we enter into the uh, incarnation of Christ and into the glorious kingdom of God coming on the earth. And Malachi says in this passage that God is refining God's people to offer up an offering in righteousness. And in the first, And further in the book of Malachi, he calls us to right relationship with one another. He calls spouses back to relationship in their marriages. He calls parents to relationship with their children. He will turn, Christ will turn the hearts of the parents back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the parents and the hearts of of lovers and and marriage partners back to each other. So we we get a, a firm vision of God's um, kingdom coming on the earth through us, the church, as kings and priests to God. Well, good morning, uh, Vox. It's really an honor to be in your presence this morning. I want to thank you for your sacrificial acts of kindness and prayers for me and my husband, Ashton, and our family during the loss of our youngest son, and Virginia and Graham and Elizabeth's brother. Indeed, your prayers and acts were your participation in the work of God in our lives. Through your prayers, you acted as priests on our behalf, lifting our heavy hearts to God, strengthening us in our inner person, reassuring us that our work and our faith in God was not misplaced. God gave us grace and courage to enter into the mystery of life, death, and eternal life, and continue through the pain of separation that death brings 
to our own particular end purpose and tell us. God answered your prayers with God's presence and comfort and specific words that gave us peace and a glimpse into what God was doing in and through us. Your prayers activated heaven in a miraculous way. They sustained us. I remember uh, being in seminary of the Southwest and Jenna, when we would come into class, burdened with exams and papers and presentations and, and trying to learn the art of counseling, she would bring into the room these prayers that are so indicative of the sensibility of the Vox community. And she would pray the communion with the Father and the the establishment of our relationship with Jesus Christ and the soothing power of the Holy Spirit and God leading us beside still waters and, and into green pastures. Vox, this is how you expressed the kingdom of God in our lives as we went through our trial. Your good deeds were kingly extensions of the love of God that helped transform our grief into deep abiding joy and exchanged our ashes for complex multifaceted beauty. Let me invite you this morning into this part of the liturgy, the work of the people that expresses the sensibilities of the Vox community in prayer, communion, and worship. Liturgy, the work of the people, our participation in public worship that opens a path for the work of God in Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Liturgy, the work of the people transformed into the strokes of the masterpiece, the lines and the character development of the story, the rhythm and the rhyme, the iambic pentameter of the poem, the poem that God is crafting, writing, the beat and the melody of the song, the cadence of the rap, the sculpting of the sculpture, the weaving and shaping of the tapestry, the publishing of the ponderings the, of the will and good pleasure of our God in the earth. God's creation recreated, incarnated through the church of Jesus Christ the people of God in the world, kings and priests to their God in a parallel universe with God, bringing God's glory into our midst. The work of the people in the Vox community has created an atmosphere, set the stage for God to do a work on our behalf, for our welfare, our good, our strength, our hope, our comfort, this liturgical setting is where heaven and earth meet, God and humanity join. And this sacred space provides a glimpse into this generation's, this race, this nation, this era of the church, our role in God's plan to bring the earth back to good. So let us gather in, expect, in uh, expectancy in a sense of awe and wonderment with anticipation that God will break upon us in splendor, light, enlightenment, and glorious empowerment for us to live our lives as an offering of righteousness, purified, a people transformed by the love of God, 
with the truth of the gospel, the pearl of great price in our hearts, resident in the work of our hands, truth and the God's covenant of life and peace on our lips, our lives and authentic praise unto God that transforms our spheres of terra firma to, to good. So this morning, I invite you to totally immerse yourself in the work of God for and on our behalf, God's people, that so that God's order, God's kingdom may come. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The scriptures that we read this morning call us to these sacred roles of kings and priests in the earth. They describe the kingdom of God as described in Isaiah as a kingdom of right living, as a rule of justice. Isaiah describes the people of God as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, as water in a dry place, shade of a great rock in a weary land. We are the purveyors of justice. We are the purveyors of the needs of the poor being met. We are the purveyors of truth. We are the ones that hear the pleas of the needy. We are the ones that restore the earth back to God's original good. A priest, one who offers sacrifices and in general is busied with sacred rites. It's a metaphor of Christians who because purified by the blood of Christ and brought into close relationship with God, they devote their lives to God alone and to Christ. King, leader of the people, prince, commander, lord of the land, king. In the opening song this morning, we heard a musical rendition of the promise of God to the people of Israel, that God would cleanse those who historically have been taken on the role of priest on behalf of God to the people of God. This musical rendition is taken from the book of Malachi and the other scriptures emphasize that no longer is the priesthood relegated to one class or family among the people of God. In the work of Jesus as the ultimate mediator between God and the people, God has made us a whole nation, the church universal, priest in the world, mediators for our friends, our spouses, our mothers, our fathers, as was so beautifully captured in that opening song that Harmon sang for us, for our families, our co-workers, our neighbors, bosses, intimate and casual relations, bringing the woes of the people of God in prayer, participating in the priesthood, in the liturgy of our lives, offering up the work of our hands, the state of our heart, our will, submitting it and our bodies as offerings to God. For, the, for God to breathe on this offering, adding God's super to our natural, enabling our gifts to have maximum transformational power. So I'm a pastoral uh, counselor and I'm a narrative 
uh, I, I lean into narrative counseling. And this means that I believe in my pastoral work with people that our concerns, our problems, our distressors are in our narrative. Our narratives embody our core values, our core beliefs. We employ our personal and collective narratives to help us negotiate our world. And when we encounter challenges and deep wounds and developmental crisis, sometimes our narrative is too narrow and too constricted, too unaccommodating um, to order change in our lives and growth and us to experience joy and true peace. So we got to flip the script, so to speak. We, we have to lean into a new narrative that leads us to our desired end of welfare, peace, and life and joy. So it is with the people of God. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. God has invited us into God's great narrative, God's great cosmos, the arrangement of the world, and this matrix is juxtaposed beside an eternal government, kingdom, and role of God. In preparation for today, I was looking in my theory of counseling book for the pillars of existential theory, and I was reintroduced to one of my favorite theorists, Viktor Frankl, who was a prisoner in the Nazi concentration camps of Auschwitz and Dachau. He witnessed his parents, his brothers, his wife, and uh, his, uh, his family. They all died in these concentration camps. And he gave to us this incredible quote, which I love and treasure. Despair is suffering without meaning. And then from that observation, he developed a theory of counseling that embodies the ideas that human existence is the search for meaning and purpose, even in the midst of suffering and death anxiety and where love is the highest aspiration and our salvation. Inside this textbook and this reintroduction to um, Viktor Frankl, I found another book. It was uh, entitled Inefficiency, and it's a group of um, writings based on a series of podcasts. I wanna share with you this quote. In a world accustomed to convenience, quick results, and hacks, we choose to recognize, honor, and even embrace the lived experience that takes time and patience to unfold. When we go out of our way for the people we love, when we spend our precious time and energy on them, when we show them their worth through our time and energy, this is inefficiency in action. This is the romance. This is the partnership. This is the parenting. This is the mentorship. This is the friendship. We need efficiency to keep our world turning and we need inefficiency to keep our world 
connected. We are here, say the authors of this uh, book, to create and inspire authentic stories to the inefficiency of love. Will you join us? This is the work of the people, Vox. The participation of the people of God in the work of God in the earth. God has invited us into God's own narrative worked out in the intimate lives and connections that we have with one another on the earth. We're waiting to see the kingdom of God fully manifest. Even in this Lenten season of 40 days when we follow Christ into the wilderness where he fasted and was tempted by the devil or evil or twist on good. Even in this Lenten season, we wait while we wait for the fullness of the kingdom of God to be manifest. Even as we waited in Advent for the celebration of the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, even as we waited for the incarnation of God in human flesh, Christ, who was equal with God, but humbled himself, taking on earthly status, becoming a servant to God's will. In this Lenten season, we wait in prayer and fasting, in self-denial for the celebration of the resurrection after the crucifixion. We crucify our humanness for a little while by sacrificing our daily pleasures and even needs for food or recreation to follow Christ into death of self, to be renewed by the voice and the presence of God in personal worship that causes us to experience anew the fullness of the realm and reign of heaven, even as we live on earth. Our inner person is renewed and empowered to live as transformers in a world full of uncertainty, troubles, and trials. In the midst of disease and death and vaccinations and storms and bursting of pipes and scarcity, elections, inaugurations, insurrections, and impeachments, we come to Lent as the people of God participating in the transformative work of God for the betterment of God's people and God's creation. We are waiters, like a servant in a restaurant. While we wait for the fullness of the reign of God, the fullness of the resurrection of life eternal, the full manifestation of God's will, peace, justice, equity, mercy, goodness, rightness, connection instead of disconnection with God and with each other, we wait while we wait. We build little altars in our own hearts where God can commune and these altars fuel our empowerment to establish the kingdom of God one relationship at a time. Relationship by relationship, sphere of influence by sphere of influence, sector by sector, the matrix, the government, the arrangement of the world 
is transformed to the good of God, which was God's original intent. In the midst of a fallen world where every kingdom, sports and entertainment, health, government, education has been shaken to its core, God offers us a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God invites us into God's narrative, into God's eternal story, where angels and archangels and God with the word who was incarnated as Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit stepped out of that realm and hovered over darkness and chaos and emptiness. And the breath of the Holy Spirit hovered over that chaos and darkness and emptiness and out of it created a world that God pronounced good where God's narrative includes God breathing the breath of life into earthlings, humans who bore the image uh, and the stamp and the seal of God Almighty. And God said, that's good. And that even when evil twisted good, perverted it to open our eyes to its existence, even in the natural consequence of, of stepping out of God's goodness into deceit and twist of good, even in the curse, God pronounces a blessing for the earth to be restored back to good. When the natural consequence of sin took hold and men lorded their power over women and we suffered uh, the fate of not only tending and having dominion over the world, but having to work, work, work for every crust of bread that we got. And when we were thrust upon with the pain of bringing offspring into the world, God declares that the seed of the woman, the prophetic pronunciation of the virgin birth would crush the head of evil and that the good that God intended would return to the earth. God's narrative creates a people of God through the first nation under God being Israel in our understanding of the scripture. Israel became a prototype for how humans could translate God's will and God's good pleasure in the earth. And within the context of that community, that nation, there were priests who offered up sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people. Prayers of the people represented in the incense. The priest would cleanse themselves and then come to God on behalf of the people. And then God enters us into another intersection of God's narrative when Elizabeth and um, Zechariah were descendants of the priestly order. And Zechariah 
we are told in the New Testament accounts, was in the holy place offering up incense. Ooh, I just get so excited about this story. And the people were outside offering their prayers, lifting up their lives, lifting up their relationships, lifting up their, 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 their faults, lifting up their needs to God. And the incense goes up to heaven. And God says to Zechariah, I have heard your prayer. And I am sending the prophet who will prepare for the way of the Lord to you and your wife, who've remained childless, even as you were priest unto your God. And then we have John come on the scene and say, repent, the, the, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, turn away from your rebellion, repent, 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 the kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jesus comes on the scene as a grown-up, after having come to us as a child, having received the gifts of the kings of the world, gold signifying his kingliness and uh, frankincense uh, signifying his priestly role, sending the incense and the prayers of the people. And then uh, 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 myrrh, which was to prepare him for becoming the sacrifice, the lamb of God. Jesus comes on the scene and John says, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus is our priest, our king, and he became the sacrifice. And John baptizes Jesus, which is a symbol of what the Holy Spirit uh, hovering over the waters that covered the world. And, and Jesus comes up and God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And everybody that was a part of that Israelite um, prototype of the people of God understood that this was the birth of a new world order that the kingdom of God had come among us in human flesh. And immediately Jesus is led into the wilderness and by the Holy Spirit led into the wilderness. Why? Because the scripture says to us that Jesus is the second earthling. Jesus is the second Adam that that when he went into that wilderness to break the power of the twist on good, to be tempted of the devil, he let the enemy of our souls, the enemy of good, know this is a new kind of human being you're dealing with. This is a new kind of earthling. And I will not bow down and worship you. I will not Get, receive the twist on evil. I will not participate in those things that tempt God and keep me from the life that I was meant to live. I will not prematurely end my life by the things that zap the life from humanity. I will not use my gifts to satisfy myself 
with temporal satisfaction. And he came out full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit, preaching the good news. The kingdom of God has come among you. The kingdom of God is on the earth. The rule of God in justice and um, liberation and deliverance is now in the earth. And Jesus said of himself, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has, uh, God has anointed him. Ah, hallelujah. To break the bondage from those who are in captivity. To bring light to those that cannot see. To open the ears of those who cannot hear the voice of God. To, to heal the brokenhearted to preach the good news of the kingdom to the poor. And Christ is our example, priest and kings unto our God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, hallelujah, a generation that is chosen by God to institute, to extend the kingdom of God on earth in this era, in this era of insurrection and impeachment and storms and disease and pandemics and every kingdom of this world being shaken, God has invited us into the narrative. God has empowered us with the breath of the Holy Spirit to hover over the chaos and the destruction and the emptiness and the darkness in our lives, in our lives, in our world. We are, you know, I, I got this revelation not too long ago when my dad passed and, you know, uh, quite frankly, when Lady Bird Johnson passed and and several of the, the old timer um, kind of people that we look up to and and we look to them to be the purveyor, purveyors of peace and and comfort in our lives. And the Lord said to me, you're the adult in the room. You're the uh, you're the grown up. It's your time on the stage. It's your time to be a priest as Malachi uh, related to us, where the truth comes from your lips, where the praises of God are the articulation of your heart. It's your time to be the ones for whom, from whom the people look for justice and integrity and instruction and the word of the Lord. And I pronounce that over the church of God in this era. Like other eras, we are entering full-heartedly committed to the work of God <laughs> in the work of the people of God. Our liturgy is our lives. 
Our liturgy is our lives. One relationship at a time. I, I woke up this morning and I was thinking about my, my son. And I thought about how God weaved his narrative into our narrative. And how it became a transformational new story of the kingdom of God in the earth. And as we wait for the consummation of all things, the restoration of good in the earth, and the, the realization of eternal life, as we wait for reuniting with him and, and articulation of a glorious story, while we wait, we wait as servants unto our God, priest on behalf of the people of God and the world, and kings who extend the kingdom of God on earth until we experience the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem in its fullness in the reign of the kingdom of our Lord and of our Lord's Christ. Amen and amen.